Bing bong, bing bong, bong bong, bing bong, bing bong, bong bong, bong bong, bong bong, bong. You know what happened to me, Claire? Today, what happened to you? It's just for by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. He's about to go on a rant. We're married, and we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. It's just a thing that happened to me. Here he goes. Very Australian. All right. So I took our daughter to the supermarket this morning because I got some stuff for dinner. Yes. Uh, Make pita bread pizzas one one of the nights a week. Yes. It's a wonderful tradition where we. Eat pita bread covered in tomato sauce and cheese. <laughs> Pretty good. With green capsicum and ham. I certainly have my own flowers. An egg. An egg. Side note. And, Odd, and but delicious. And I like chili. Everybody's different. Anyway, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the pram had some spider webs in it recently. I don't mm. know if you saw. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was pushing the pram in the frozen aisle and I felt something run <gasps> across my hand. And I looked down and there was a huntsman about yay big. Stop it. On my hand. <gasps> And I, uh, I didn't panic. I was cool. And I, I went, ah! No, I didn't do that. <laughs> and I brushed it off and stomped on it. And, like, one of the employees saw me because I was just like, Ugh! I was, like, stomping <laughs> this spider. And, but I didn't really look at it. I just, like, quickly killed it. because it, yeah, it was in the pram. Yeah. And we I was like. You need to stop leaving it and outside. I stopped, and I was like, it was a, it was a, there was a spider. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> like, there was. It was a spider. Like a one legged dance yeah. in the supermarket. And I don't normally kill it, but it was just like such a. It happened so quickly that yeah. I just went. I just went. <laughs> was, there was a shuffle. There was a scuffle. A shuffle and a scuffle. And, uh, and I killed it. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I don't love that for you. But also, would huntsmen bite you? They're more like they look scary. No, it wouldn't. I shouldn't have killed it. But I, no. I, but I panicked. <laughs> Do you know, I actually, I had a terrifying encounter with a huntsman recently where my friend had her, like a spiderweb on her car wing mirror. And oh, she yeah. picked me up to go to an event. They all live there. Both they, of our cars have yeah, like spiders. Yeah, they do in, in there. They love that little spot. And all of a sudden this spider just like crawls out of the wing mirror. And it's huge. Like yeah, I'm yeah. talking like the width of like a tennis ball. Yeah. And it kind of splays onto the window. And then I panic. And we're, as we're driving along, my friend's like, oh, well, just, just, you're right, keep the window up. But I thought she said put the window down. And in my panic, what? I just pressed the why would you do that? I don't know. I was panicking. And so then it starts to climb over the thing and I was like, oh, my God. And so it's awful. Did anyway, you close it on it? Yeah, I did. I and felt so awful. And it scurried away and then it held onto the wing mirror, like squished its legs in and kind of popped its head out one side, yeah. kind of looking like it was like holding on for dear life. Anyway, we pulled up to this party. And then I was too terrified to get out of the, that driver's side door. But my friend had this giant sort of bump thing in between the dri- the passenger door and her driver's seat. Yeah. And I didn't realise this, but I decided to climb out the other driver's side door. And But obviously when you open a car door, the lights go on. It was dark. Everyone else is sitting around in fire <laughs> and could see directly into the cabin while I proceed in a skirt to climb with like clamber over in this like really awkward way with my legs in the air, everything over this like big section in, in between the two things to get out of the other side door. And then like proceed to like sleep out in this like yeah. terrified way. And I thought, oh, well, no one's seen that. And then I just w- look up and all of a sudden there's just people applauding me. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. You know that you could have, <sighs> when you open the door, you're still between the door and the spider. No, spider doesn't but get you just don't know. Like it just landed on you. I think I've like, I've been scarred by Huntsman from when I was a kid and I was asleep and one landed on my face. That's true. They drop. It is true. It dropped from the ceiling and like <laughs> ran down my face. No, it didn't. Did you find Did. it afterwards? No, it was in the room somewhere. It definitely happened. Why do you not believe me? Because they just don't. They, yes, they do. <laughs> they absolutely do. They drop. They do drop. 
This one dropped. Didn't. It dropped its bundle. Happen. You had a dream. You had a bad dream. All right. Anyway, let's get on with what this show is actually about. Not, yeah. not swapping Huntsman stories. I still feel like yours is more terrifying. <laughs> Look, it was in the moment, it w- that was a bit spooky, but I was okay because I smashed it to death, which oh. I feel bad about. I feel bad too because I actually think spiders are pretty amazing. A bit bigger than a 50 cent piece? Yeah, I was like a golf ball width. Golf ball, but yeah. yeah, yeah. About diameter maybe of a bit, golf maybe ball. A bit bigger. Yeah. That's big. And they're yeah. sort of a bit juicy, Huntsman, mm. as well. And the legs, I mean, I think they're amazing, but also they're terrifying. What are they doing, these spiders coexisting? If they looked stuff? nicer, they wouldn't be, I'd imagine, killed as much. If it was no, because like actually, a how often do you actually get bitten by a spider? Never, literally never. Exactly. Yeah. And they're amazing. Have you ever watched a spider weave a web? No, I choose not to. <laughs> I'm not interested in their performance art. Incredible. Remember, we went to the Botanical Gardens and did that forest therapy, and everywhere the orb spiders are amazing, and they curled in the site in in the center of their spider webs, like a leaf into a yeah. little home. And you could just see the little leads sticking out. They were in their little leaf home. Amazing. Worst hiding spot. <laughs> no one will find me here. It's like a kid lying under a blanket in the middle of a floor. No one can see me. I'm invisible. I know, or when they just cover their face and they're like, yeah. you can't see me anymore because I haven't figured out that just because they can't see doesn't mean that other people can't see them. Anyway, what have you got to recommend, James? Well, Do you want to go first? You've watched the first episode of this, uh, but I've watched a few more. It's the Ooh. series Poker Face. Oh, yes, Poker yes, Face? Yes. I don't even know her. Uh, it's created what? and re- I don't know. Poker what? face. What? I don't is, even is know that her slightly face. Cre- like, what are you poking her face with? It's a great question. Just a finger, I'm hoping. Yeah, Nothing just a finger. Else. Just a finger. A so, poker? A poker. A hot poker. Oh, no. Terrible. Uh, so this was created and written and sometimes directed by Ryan Johnson, oh. who you might know as the director of The Last Jedi, yes. the last good Star Wars yes. movie. Uh-huh. Is that true? Yeah, probably. I like it. A lot of okay. people don't. Uh, but he, of course, also worked on the um, the Knives Out series. Yes. He wrote and directed both of those. You haven't seen yes. the second one of those yet, have you? No, I haven't. You should. It's good. Okay. It's also got the co-show runners Nora Zuckerman and Leela Zuckerman, and it stars Natasha Leone and a revolving cast of characters, uh, depending on the episodes. So there might be an Adrian Brody, a Lil Ral Howery, John Ratzenberg from Cheers. He's also the pig in um in Toy Story. He's like, hey, hey Mama Picasso, whatever. No, other way. You know what I'm talking about. I do know. Uh, Jamila Jamil, Nick Nolte, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And the story, here's the synopsis. It centers around Charlie Kale, a casino. Sorry, there's a really loud helicopter going over if people can hear that. Uh, a casino worker with an innate ability to detect lies, traveling across the United States on the run from the casino boss. Uh, following a suspicious death, and along the way, she encounters colourful characters and solves homicides in a variety of settings. So, what this is, this is like a murder of the week story. Mm. Like there is an overarching tale, mm-hmm. but basically, there's the setup episode, mm-hmm. and then it's like a road trip across America, and this character comes across weird and wacky murder scenarios. And what's interesting about these murder scenarios, and I guess th- this can also be said for uh, Knives Out. The murder is not always, I don't think it's in the first one, or maybe it is, you know, one of them is. Anyway, the murder is normally at the start of the episode and then from there you, you work backwards. So it's not so much who done it, it's more like a how and a why and how this person maybe will get away with it or become undone and their reasoning behind it. And Natasha Leone is great. She was recently in, I haven't watched second season yet, it's on Netflix, what is it called? It's really good. It's about like 
time travel and stuff. Hang on, Claire. Mm, he's frantically typing the into a computer. Oh. She was also in the American Pie movie, Russian Doll. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's great. so great, isn't she? Which is a Honestly. show that was very popular initially, then disappeared. Then they had a second series, which apparently very good, and then also disappears because Netflix don't know how to market anything. <laughs> um, but she's great. And what's interesting about the character is she doesn't even like consider herself particularly intelligent, but which isn't true. Yeah. But because all, if someone is, you saw this, but if someone is talking to her and lies, she can tell whether it's a lie or not. Yeah. So you've got to kind of get past that initial kind of like, how would somebody actually do this, obviously, or whatever. It's fine. It doesn't matter at all. I think it's a great show and that part of it is kind of, it's just a fun little wrinkle in it. So with her ability to know the truth, that's not always helpful because it might not be clear why someone is lying or what specifically they are lying about. So if, she, if someone tells her a lie, she knows that they're lying, but she doesn't know any of the other information about that. Mm-hmm. So you have to unravel why a person would say or act a particular way. And also how do you prove that somebody did something when you're the only one who knows that they're lying? Mm-hmm. How do you prove that somebody is lying? You need, you need to have evidence obviously for that. She's also not a cop. She's, you know, she's literally just traveling the country doing like odd jobs and then finding herself tangled up in, in murder plots. Uh, it's 10 episodes. I think they're all out by now. It's on Peacock in the US. It's on Stan in Australia. It's wonderful. It's really yeah. great. I know you, you've watched the first one. I loved it. I, the yeah, first episode was really excellent. Good. I mean, she's also just so funny yeah. and dry and kind of like deadpan in yeah. a way in her comedy and the timing of her um, – yeah, her role is so great. I just mm. – also her hair. Good. Yeah. I mean, not that's important, but it's real great. Yeah. <laughs> She's just super funny. Was she in that movie, um, the TV show, and it's Women in Jail? Was she in that Orange one? Orange is the New Black. Yeah, was she in Orange is in the New Black? I don't know. Maybe. I'm feeling like she was, but maybe that's not You might accurate. just be thinking, oh, maybe she is. I think she was. Yeah, I was going to say maybe you think because she has orange hair. But, yeah, uh, maybe. Um, I really want to watch more of that show because it was really great. I usually hate things set inside casinos. I don't know why. Well, only the first one is set inside a casino. Oh, okay. So you don't need to – yeah, she is in orange. In the yeah, she's You're great in it. Right. That's right. I did yeah. I did remember that correctly. I, um, you never remember anything. That's amazing. I know. It's, it's astounding. And especially impressed. this week. I've had so many events on. I'm real – anyone's following me on Instagram. Oh, my God. It's Clay, been a lot this it. week and also a lot for you because you've been um, doing all of the oh, – so, so tired, much Clay. of the child looking after. It's kind of insane. Some people would say I'm a hero. Some people would say that I'm not like a regular parent. I go above and beyond. And I completely agree with that, actually. Anyway, oh, you were saying. Mate, if I was a bloke traveling for work, it would, people, women have been doing that all. However, either way, bloke, woman, whoever you are, no, looking no, after kids by I yourself, think it's I a lot. actually deserve more kudos because I'm a guy doing it. And, and to I be think- fair, I've been having so much fun and met so many incredible people. I just feeling so lucky at the moment to be. I'm um, doing the things I'm doing. It's really, really cool. Um, mm. And on that, is it my turn? I believe it is your turn. Great. So over the weekend, I went to the Mother Festival that was run by the Wheeler Centre. It was a weekend of fearless conversations about motherhood. And I was utterly blown away by every panel. I, they're actually all available except for the gala, I think. They're yeah. all available on YouTube at the Wheeler Centre, which is, if you're not from Melbourne, um, it's in the centre of the city. It's right near the State Library and it's a centre that primarily celebrates writers and thinkers and they just do amazing events with really interesting conversations all the time. Yeah, cool. And so if you can ever get in there, they're just, oh, 
all your favorite authors will be there at some point. It's run by the most incredible team of people. Yeah. So Beck Kavanagh and Jamila Koja ran the weekend and curated it. And I was so lucky. I don't know if I mentioned on the show that I just sent my soundtrack to them when the festival came out because it was so much about what matrescence is about. And initially they said, thank you. We're so aware of lots of cool women. Thanks for my things. And then they listened to the album and yeah, anyway, made they're the like, blah, blah, whatever. No, they and weren't. They they were, she was so lovely. Back. No, <laughs> no. It was more just that I'm sure they get so many women reaching out to them, we think. So I was utterly floored and I felt so privileged they made my music the soundtrack and when I walked into the Wheeler Centre on Friday it was just playing everywhere they had my t-shirts and records for sale and I can't even explain the feeling of that of just being in these incredibly iconic beautiful spaces including at the gala the edge at Fed Square in the theatre there and hearing my music was just (laughs) overwhelming oh I'm gonna cry again and also the other piece of it was that the music is so soothing. I hadn't realised that when we made it. Um, part mm. of it is there's ambient sound in the background, but I think it's also, yeah, the approach that we took maybe because it was music I wanted to hear too. Someone messaged me today and said it's like chicken soup for the soul or something, uh, which is like such chicken a beautiful, soul soup. Yeah. A scorching a hot chicken soup poured all over your soul. Correct. Anyway, um, ah, if you soul. are interested at all in particularly the perinatal mental health space, which I'm really passionate about, working with women who or and people who give birth who are struggling with their mental health in all different forms, whether that's just because of what we've been through, mm. whether it's overcoming birth trauma, whether it is to do with um, postnatal depression or postnatal psychosis or any or all of the things in between, there's a wonderful panel on there called Baby Blues um, and three organisations spoke. So there was um, COPE, which is the perinatal um, centre for excellence, Perinatal Mental Health Centre for Excellence. Anyway, they are such a go-to for women if you're in this space and struggling. There's also Panda as well who are amazing, who have support lines for women going through this kind of time in their life and also the Gidget Foundation. So three different organisations that if this is something that you're experiencing and you're in Australia, and even if you're not, the resources on there are still utterly incredible and the the sharing of information I think is part of it too and trying to understand more about what's happening for you or your partner. So I would totally recommend going to those three organisations and that panel particularly was really interesting. So I would go online and, and watch that, especially if you have someone in your life that you think needs help or if you yourself need help really do reach out. Panda in particular, you can ring their hotline at any time and um, speak to someone who can really listen to where you are at. Also, some other information I think is useful. COPE have surveys that you can do online. They're like screening tests and there's an app as well you can download. And rather than having to sit with a midwife, which is what happened to me, or a maternal health nurse who We'll give you a checklist or a questionnaire and and tick all the boxes as to whether or not you're struggling. And that's quite confronting. And often women don't disclose how they're really feeling because you feel like you're on show. Um, Whereas Cope have this app where you can do it privately at home, wherever you can, in that kind of sleep deprivation bubble that you're in. And then it will give you a report based on your answers. And it's all private. And I think that is also really helpful too for women because A, you don't have to leave your home and B, then you can kind of get some help from there. They can then direct you to the right kind of places that will give you some support. So those three organisations, but there were so many other incredible speakers and I was just utterly floored by the level of skill and artistry 
and listening to authors speak, um, there were mothers who were disability advocates who were talking about what it was like to experience birth trauma with a disability and how you were treated in the system. There were um, women and people of colour speaking about their experience of being in the system and motherhood there. There was discussion of the lack of community and support Mm. that is really desperately needed at the moment and how, for instance, in our local community, I popped into our local bookstore and the owner of the bookshop is so gorgeous and she burst into tears with me during at the bookshop because she um, had Indian heritage and in her home country, in her community, when you are a mother, a newborn mother, you're seen almost like a child again as well as your baby. And so your mother or mother-in-law moves in with you and cares for you. You rest. They do everything else, cooking, cleaning, all of those things. And the baby is nurtured and you are also nurtured as precious and educated. And I think that that is so important and such an interesting piece because she said during COVID she tried to do that for her daughter but wasn't allowed to. There was a grief there. But also it just highlights in this kind of Western individualist, capitalist, consumerist culture we're living in, we're scared of letting people in or people don't actually have the context or Mm. the people around them to create that village. And so women are often left not even injured through the birthing process in the system that it has a lack of care for um, for the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of women. But then once they leave the hospital setting, and they're at home alone, often their partner goes back to work. Um, and particularly during COVID, we're seeing this even more so. Um, because there is in that village context of lots of aunties and uncles and cousins and grandmothers and, you know, everyone kind of around you all of the time, then you get this sense of isolation, identity loss, loneliness, and not to mention a lot of women are, are also experiencing physical difficulties with birth recovery because they're getting up too quickly and doing things too quickly out of necessity often or a belief that they need to. Mm. And also because of COVID, there's been a lack of caring for women during that process, a lack of assessment, a lot of a lack of follow-up medical appointments that has meant women are left with some um, really difficult circumstances. Anyway, I know that's quite heavy. They're also quite funny, a lot of the panels as well, I will say. And my next recommendation, so I'll, 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 do that next. Um, come back to that. Okay, yeah, I'll cool. come back to that because that's then one of the authors I I'll do a recommendation then. Okay, off I you go. recommend killing a spider in a supermarket. <laughs> I, oh, I should also say Collings. I'll get him to put links to Cope, Panda, and the Gidget Foundation um, in the show notes if Sick. anyone needs those resources. Love it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Claire, I watched a movie. You did? 
Excellent. Do you want any more information? I certainly Here do. Here it is. It's called The Outfit. It's directed by Graham Moore, who also wrote the movie along with Jonathan McClain. Right. It stars Mike Rylance, who you might, Mark Rylance, who you might know as the BFG, the new BFG. Yes, yes. He's like, yes. oh, hello, I'm a British old geezer. He's that guy. <laughs> I uh, Zoe Dutched. Dachanel. I love her. Unsurprisingly, she has one of my sort of energies. You know who she is? Yes. Zoe Deschanel. Yes, I know who she is. The new girl. Yeah, she. Well, no. No? Zoe Deschanel. What? Deschanel. Isn't that Zoe Deschanel? No, this one. Oh, who am I thinking of? You're thinking of the one who looks like Katy Perry, but she's not Katy Perry. No, you're thinking of a different person. But isn't she Zoe? No, yeah, she's uh, Zoe Deschanel. What? They're different people. Uh, that is so confusing. Hang on. I'm going to look up her name. I'm, it's Zoe Deschanel. It's nothing but prefer. It's pre- Zoe Deschanel is her name. All right. But I. But this person is also Zoe, right? Yes. Yes. So they but they both got the same name? No, they don't. One's Zoe Deschanel. This one. Oh, okay. We should. I think her name is more like. Deutsch. 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 Wouldn't it be? Deutsch coin. And Zoe Deschanel is this person from anyway, New it Girl, starts who her. I love. Yeah, anyway. I know who she is. Uh, Johnny Flynn, uh, uh, Dylan O'Brien, among others. And yeah. here's the synopsis. Here he goes. Upon getting entangled in the aftermath of a gang war, an English cutter, played by Mark Rylance, mm. uh, decides to take matters into his own hand and pave the way for, uh, to his freedom from the restraints of a mobster family. So he's a cutter. He owns a store. Mm. A cutter is like a tailor but better. He explains it in the movie. He's like a tailor just measures or whatever. Cutter, I've got these special scissors that I use and I do cutting and I make very particular suits and I have a very particular set of suit-making skills, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he, as a result of having this business and some local gangsters being in the area, they get tied up and he becomes like the delivery point for these gangsters to pass on messages, right? And that's not something that he's on board with. He's like, I don't want to be involved in gangsters. I just want to be a cutter and make good custom <laughs> British suits in the US of A because it's set in, in, in the US because he's moved over. Mm-hmm. So he's drawn in between as a result of these people on his premises. There's rival gangs in the city and he's brought right among it, right? Mm, yeah. And so as a result, one night – a gangster, one, two gangsters come in. One of them has been shot in a gang war, and then from there it kind of escalates, and he is kind of have to do like think on his feet to stay alive uh, when basically in the city all hell is kind of breaking loose between these rival gangs, and they're and they're and they're killing each other. Right? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It did so make they sense. Ca- but there's also there's like inter rivalry in the gangs themselves or whatever, and he's like lying to this person, but this person doesn't know, so he has to pretend or whatever. And all this is also to stop him f- and uh, like from being shot or like him Holy killing moly. him. But he's just like, I just want to be a regular tailor. I don't want to know. <laughs> he's not a tailor, he's a cutter, as he specifies. Mm-hmm. So it's one location, really. It's pretty much set just within this guy's store, like the front room and like the storeroom out the back where all like most of the, the situation takes place. So it's kind of like a stage play and maybe it was a stage play at one point. I am going to look that up. So it's really compelling though. Like it's, it's written in such a way that it's really cleverly paced. So you never, you don't feel like the confines of it. You don't feel like it drags every scene and every kind of piece of dialogue moves the story forward where either, you know, you, you're moving on to like a different kind of situation or it's evolving or you find out about somebody's past, which adds another layer to, to everything. And it's really good at kind of stacking things on top of each other, like drip feeding you bits of information where you're never like, this is frustrating because I don't know what's going on. You have a sense what's going on, but then you find out something else, and you're like, "Oh, that's there's an additional thing going on on top of that," and so ah, on and so, so forth. Yeah, uh, it's a little violent. 
but it's not like it's more just like oh, I've been shot. And there's blood everywhere. It's more like that than just like you know someone like gets their head torn off and their spinal column comes oh, out. Oh God, that this does is happen. Very brutal. That does happen. Oh no, I can't. No, watch it doesn't these. happen. Oh. You could watch this. You could definitely watch this. Okay. Um, but it does have like a series of satisfying twists and turns, mm-hmm. uh, which I th- I thoroughly recommend it. It's a, it's I love I love Netflix. You know that. Yes, I know you do. Um, you love is Netflix. Is the outfit a stage play? It's a, it's not based on a stage play. There you go. But it definitely could be. But it's um it's great. It's on Netflix. Mark mm. Rylance. He was also in another thing, wasn't he? He's one of Steven Spielberg's. Must, yeah, he was with dudes. Zoe Deutsch slash Duchanel. Yeah. Duchanel. Who's a different person? Do you know also Zoe Deschanel has an amazing um, singing voice, and her music—I think it's She and Him might be the band. Okay. Love it, so good. I based some. Okay, I know I talk about music a lot, guys. I'm sorry. Anyway, I based some of the songs on her aesthetic a little. Cool. This is Mark Rylance. He's in also Ready Player One. Ah, uh, yes, which yes, is your yes. favorite movie? You told me. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it is. You're right. You know me well. Did you like the bit where King Kong chased the Back to the Future car? Yeah, that's my favorite bit. Yeah. I love a giant gorilla. Do you? Name two. Um, King Kong. Go on. And Come on, there's one right there. I can think of two already. And there's one in Tarzan. No, that's Hala. a regular size gorilla. Another giant gorilla. You could either go King Son of King Kong mm. or you could go Mighty Joe Young. Those are or two. Or I could go James Clement. <laughs> what? Actually, no. I'm Very regular, inaccurate. I'm regular height. <laughs> no one. I don't think you'd be called many names, but giant gorilla is not one of them. I was explaining I mean, to my hairy, son the other day. But small. <laughs> I was explaining to my son, our son the other day. Yes. I was like, I'm not like huge for an adult. And he's like, Yes, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm big to you. But like to an adult, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like normal. I'm not like in a normal. He's like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, you're just small. You don't know. We'll see. But I love that. Remember when you see your parents as like the center of the universe and big, like yeah. old and big and tall. Showed him the new. He might actually trailer. be taller than you. I hope to he be is. honest. But not that it matters. But no, yeah. but he might be. He might. Like, he's probably definitely going to be taller than me. That is wild. I'd be so interested in people who have teenage kids when their kids like grow bigger than them. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about as a mum. Actually, that you have this tiny baby who one day will be a lot stronger and bigger than you. It's true. It's interesting. We're not. It's interesting. Also, here's something interesting. We're not from. We don't have like a particular tall or short genes in our family. No, it's a real it's Russian roulette. On both sides, there's just yeah. wild fluctuations in height. Yeah, both women and yeah. men like, actually. I'm the shortest out of my brothers. Yeah. But you're. I'm sort of average. You're sort of average. My sister's you, a bit taller. Is, Justin is a giant. Your younger brother's shorter than you. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's about the same equivalent height. Like yeah. he's shorter oh, maybe than he you, is, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but my mum's quite was quite or is quite little, and then my dad was like, taller. Yeah. But then your grandpa was like a giant tall, yeah. man, and then your grandma was like little. So yeah, yeah. who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Jinx. All right, my turn again. What? Jinx me. Oh, <laughs> James. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I just <laughs> sat in silence staring at you and you're like, what happened? <laughs> but your brain is short-circuited. Or I thought my brain is short-circuited. I'm so tired of that something weird had happened. Anyway, I cannot wait to talk about this book. Great. Called- Shouldn't you promote your show that you're doing tonight? Oh, yeah. No, yes, I am doing it tonight. So um, I'm just doing a really fun gig. I've decided in Melbourne anyway at the moment and I'm going to go around the country I think I'm currently having lots of exciting conversations about how to get my show to different places Sydney Brisbane Adelaide hopefully Tassie and 
I'd love to go further up north as well to Darwin and things. Mm. So that's sort of a pipeline at the moment. And I'm also doing some regional shows, which I'll announce later. But throughout the year, I'm going to be doing some cute little fun pub gigs um, where I'll sing through the album, but maybe also do some covers and in a more relaxed setting. And then I'm going, which, so I won't be doing a lot of the storytelling that I would be doing in the main show. Sure, yes. And then I'm going to be doing some bigger shows for Thursday show, which is tonight. Show me how big it is. It's I'm, very big. I'm, no, I'm, I'm playing at Lily. <laughs> you tell me when to stop. All right, about there. I'm playing at Lily Tavern in Abbotsford. It's actually free entry for this one. Oh I'm God. on at 8 o'clock. I'll just be on for 45 minutes and then they'll have a DJ set afterwards if you want to stick around. It's right near Victoria Park Station. It's a cool vibe in there. Um, lots of like cool youths being cool. I'm oh, really cool excited. Zeke will be um, playing with me and we're, yeah, just going to play through the album and do some cover and it'll be a much more relaxed version of the show. But it won't be if you're after, which is what I did at my live show, sort of all the storytelling and more advocacy, then I would suggest it would be better to hold off and come or come to this one tonight but also come to one that's um, in a more kind of similar to what my live show was, the album launch, because you'll get a more like a deeper understanding of the songs and also this is a pub vibe. So people chatting and playing pool and things as well. So in... May, so May 7th, which is the weekend of Mother's Day. Yes. I am going to be doing a show at three o'clock at the Wesleyan. Tickets aren't on sale yet for that one, but I'd really encourage people to bring their mums if they like, bring their partners, bring their families. You can bring your kids or babies if you would like to to that show. There'll be seats available and there's also disability access for that. And tickets are going to go on sale soon at $25. So hmm. that's on the 7th of May. And then later in the year, in July. <sighs> I am doing a show at Bird's Basement, which is an incredible underground jazz club um, in the CBD in Melbourne. Yeah, um, tickets will go on sale for that uh, soon too. And they've got an amazing grand piano. Katie Noonan's played there. Kate Sobrano's played there. It's a really iconic venue and it's an evening show. So that's not for kids. That's if you would like to have a glass of wine a meal. Um, we'll actually be doing two sets for that one. So I'll be doing my album and also some more original songs and maybe ah. even some more kind of interesting covers. And there won't be any support, so it'll just be sort of um, a session there. So that'll be an evening show that's on the 1st of July. And I'll um, link all of the information um, soon for those shows. Like the tickets haven't gone on sale yet, but I thought I'd let you know if you would like to, you can book a table. Put it in your, your diary. Put it in your diary. So that's the 7th of May for the Mother's Day show and the 1st of July um, for the evening show in a really amazing jazz club in the wow, city. Wow, Claire. So. It must be so cool to have so many exciting events. <laughs> it's so very talented. cool. But, yeah, I'd love to see your face at Lily Tavern. I'll be um, bringing along some merch and some records and a few bits and bobs. So I'd love to see you there um, if you're around. Pop on in and say hello. And, um, yeah. Should I talk about this book? Now let's do book. All right, excellent. So I met this author called Rachel Yoda. This book has exploded. Can you pass it to me so I can see? No, because I'm using it. it. Oh. I'll show it to you in a minute. Well, my suppose... The title is called Night Bitch and I just Myself love and the audience that. want to hold the book. No, I'm using it as part of my description. Anyway, so I'm going to read the blurb for you and then I'll go into more elaborate detail just later. like more of a synopsis. Mm. One day the mother was a mother, but then one night she was suddenly quite something else. At home full time with her two-year-old son, an artist finds she is struggling. She's lonely and exhausted, her husband always travelling for work, 
calls her from faraway hotel rooms. One more toddler bedtime and she feared she might lose her mind. Instead, she starts gaining things, surprising things that happen one night when her child will not sleep. New appetites, new instincts, and from deep within herself, a new voice. So it is funny and unnerving, um, cool and terrifically alive. It's so original. It basically is about a woman Let me who, see that. because of her sleeplessness has to, um, at, during nighttime, she starts turning into a dog. So she starts growing hair on the back of her neck. The voice in it is visceral and funny and witty and unhinged. And it's just an, a woman on the edge, really, um, coping woman with, on the edge. yeah, Definitely. you know, like coping with all the things that mothers cope with and kind of ha- having lost herself and lost um, who she is. It's fascinating. I raced through it. You will too. It's going to become a movie soon. It's oh, just is like it? a smash hit. Yeah. Rachel Yoda herself is fascinating. She wrote it in like a couple of hour windows while she was really living it, I guess, yeah, right. this life. Um, and what's interesting about it too, I think, is she's not the main character. It's not autobiographical. However, it's really based Firmly in her own feelings. She said she used this voice because she'd lost her ability to write after she became a mother and writing was the thing that kept her sane and was her identity. She grew up, I'm fairly certain, as a Mormon, um, which was also really fascinating. So this book is really raw and original. I Friends of mine who particularly have younger kids than mine even who are still like trudging through that sleeplessness entirely relate to this book. Just every woman I spoke to was like, yes, I'm a night bitch too. (laughs) And I think part of the joke is her husband, because Rachel was saying she doesn't cope well without sleep and her husband around the breakfast table was like, oh, if it isn't the night bitch. Because at (laughs) night time she just basically becomes, she said herself, a horrible, intense, mean person. But it's sleeplessness is so hard. And what you're dealing with, and I think particularly as a writer and an artist, not being able to do your craft you really do lose that sense of identity. And so she said this voice, the voice of, of the book kind of rose up inside of her. Like she, she she wrote in this like really fervent kind of way mm. and you could hear that in um in the Is she a dog or like, a, like a, um, a werewolf? A dog. Like a literal dog. Yeah. What kind of dog? Black dog. Ooh. And what's interesting too oh is she, there's like, she writes about being a dog in this really highly sensory, bones-cracking, bloodthirsty, mm. scent kind of earthy way. And I watched her on the panel say that one of the reasons she could do that is I think because she grew up in, you know, on the land really in yeah. her Mormon community and there were always like deer hung up on the walls and like bloody meat hanging everywhere and dogs just chewing mm. on the leg of a deer like in their you know, front room. And so she was kind of surrounded by death and blood and that kind of animal instinct, even though she was in a very conservative environment. So I just find all of that incredibly fascinating. She's an incredibly beautiful writer, but this book is so uh, original and I think would make such a great gift for anyone in your life um, well, I put, yeah, it's not for everyone actually, I will say, but if yeah, you've right. got yeah. a, um, someone in your life who's had a baby, maybe not in the really early newborn stage, it might be too yeah. much, but like in those kind of middle toddler years where there's the sleeplessness, there's the unrelentingness of it all. And oh they're God, up Amy, for some Amy comedy. Adams is starring in this movie. Yeah, it's giant. It's going Jeez. to be giant. Louise. And she also did a piece at the gala where I sang, oh, my God, 
That was terrifying. I got to sing They Asked Me on the Friday night. And so Rachel Yoder read this incredibly beautiful piece about her memories of her mother, which was stunning prose and completely in a totally different tone. It was beautiful and lyrical and, yeah, moving and completely different to this book, which is like, yeah, rude, raw, gritty, Mm. funny, unhinged, saying all the things, you know, that women aren't quite allowed to say. And there's a choice at the end of the book. I won't spoil it, but it's really interesting to kind of wrap your head around. I think the through line of the book is actually about desire right? Okay. and what women and mothers are allowed to desire or not desire. And I, and that's really interesting too as as commentary. So, um, Like the yeah. director of this as well, Marielle Heller as well. She's done a lot of cool stuff. Mm. Can you ever forgive me? That's, that's so... Yeah. I will say... So this is a really great way of describing it. Feral, Unholy, Incredible by Carmen Maria Mercado. So it's... um. Almost McCarthy, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I reckon... I'm hoping... I'm, you know, you never know with films. I, I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be amazing. Pretty big and good. Pretty big and good. That's really cool. And really also cool. it doesn't look... Great cover. But yeah, also it's doesn't, so good, right? It doesn't look like it's too intimidating to read. It's not. No, quite, it's quite yeah. a short book, really. I mean, even like the opening line, let me just read you just like a tiny fragment of it. And then I'll read you a tiny fragment of it. Okay. When she had referred to herself as night bitch, she meant it as a good-natured, self-deprecating joke because that's the sort of lady she was, a good sport, able to poke fun at herself, definitely not uptight, not wound really tight, not so freakishly tight that she couldn't see the humour in a lighthearted, not meant as an insult situation. But in the days following this new naming, she found the patch of coarse black hair sprouting from the base of her neck and was like, what the fuck? I think I'm turning into a dog, she said to her husband when he arrived home after a week away for work. He laughed and she didn't. She had hoped he wouldn't laugh. She had hoped that week as she lay in bed, wondering if she was turning into a dog, that when she said those words to her husband, he would tip his head to one side and ask for clarification. She had hoped he would take her concerns seriously, but as soon as she said the word, she saw this was impossible. Seriously, she insisted. I have this weird hair on my neck. She lifted her normal hair to show him the black patch. He rubbed it with his fingers and said, yeah, you're definitely a dog. To her credit, she did appear more her suit than usual. Her unruly hair moved about her head and shoulders like a cloud of wasps. Her brows caterpillared across her forehead with unplucked growth. She had even witnessed two black hairs curling from her chin and in the right light, in any light at all, to be honest, you could see the five o'clock shadow of her moustache as it grew back in after her laser treatments. Had she always had so much hair on her arms? Descending the edge of her jaw from her hair. You're just going to read the book? I'm finishing it now. <laughs> and was it normal to have patches of hair on the tops of your feet? Anyway, that's mm. it. I just, I know I could have just kept reading. It's just so juicy and funny and great. Just leaps out at you. That's cool. All right, good is that on the her. show. That's great. Thank it is. you. Yeah, um, I wish it was the show. No. I wish, just like I wish people would leave a review for the show, oh, which yes. people have been doing, oh, which great. I really appreciate Excellent. it. Thank just you. like JD Lopez 02. and this person just did it in app. Just in went. App. I've opened the app that I'm using, and this is it. Amazing. It says great pod, five stars. My favorite thing about this podcast is the amount of times one of the hosts, Claire, <laughs> asked the editor of the podcast, Collings, to edit out something she just said, and he just doesn't. <laughs> Always amusing, and I'm a big fan of the other host, Mr. Sunday Content, and the occasional bonus host, Minigun Connoisseur Meso as well. Keep up the great work. We should get Meso on, on again. Yeah, we I think should. The that first was time really he was on, fun. I think he was just here, though. 
I don't think it was. Yeah, uh, it was just like an accident. But yeah. We, yeah, we should totally get him back on. All right. If you would like to review, not review, recommend something to us or just tell us that we're great or yeah, tell us have we're any, great. <laughs> any kind of commentary at all, we would love to hear from you. We have the best listeners in the world. Suggestwithpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can do this just like Peyton Jones Herbert has. Hello, James and Claire. I'm Peyton from San Antonio, Texas. Hello, Peyton. I'm James. I've been listening to the pod since day one after James announced it on his semi-successful podcast, The Weekly Planet. I've been wanting to send this recommendation for a while and haven't got around to it until now. I'm recommending the artist John Bellion. He's an incredibly talented singer, songwriter, and producer who has written and produced for artists like Justin Bieber, Halsey, Jason Derulo, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, all the people, and the Jonas Brothers album, and many, many more. But John Bellion also makes solo music, and usually that music is more experimental. I'm specifically recommending his album, The Human Condition. It highlights his expertise as a writer, producer, and vocalist. No two songs sound the same, and it is one of the best outros I've ever heard on an album. Love the pod, Peyton. P.S. If you're ever feeling creatively bankrupt, check out John Bellion's making of videos on YouTube. They're incredibly inspiring. Thank you so much, Peyton. That is so up my alley. I love that recommendation. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I agree. All right. Thank you to Collins, as always, for editing or not editing this week's episode. (laughs) Classically. Thank you for Maisie for running our social media. Um, We've been to Desperate Podcast. I'm Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. Go follow me on Instagram if you haven't. Follow my adventures with all the music and singing things and life. Um, happy International Women's Day for yesterday. Absolutely. Um, for all the women in our lives, you're bloody awesome. You're doing a great job. I just want to say. Thank you for everything. I, not all women are awesome. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. Well, I would say more women are awesome than, than not. not. Yeah. I'm not so, yeah, I'd agree with that. But I'm just saying not everyone. All right. Settle I just don't down think there. we should blanket statement say all women are great in case one of them turns out not to be. <laughs> I just want to get ahead I of that. I don't know. I haven't found one yet. Maybe one day. Who knows? Maybe it's me. I'm turning into a night bitch. Maybe I just true. even love saying night bitch. It's such a great title. Night Apparently bitch. Rachel was saying it was really hard to get that across the – like a lot of publishers didn't want to touch it. No, that's the best title. Yeah. It's the best title by far, but there was a couple that were like, no, we absolutely can't use that title. And she was like, well, I'm going to another publisher. That's unreal. Good on her. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye.